Grow Great is a city government leadership podcast with Lisa Norris and me, Randy Cantrell. Each week, we share insights, experiences, and wisdom to help you and your leadership grow great. Our website is growgreat.com. Episode 2204, The Power of Painting Yourself into a Corner. Growgreat.com is the website. She is Lisa Norris. You knew that already. I'm Randy Cantrell. We're talking leadership. We're always talking leadership. We're specifically talking leadership in the context of city government. Building on the last show, we talked about leadership versus management. And while it is a focus on others, lest we sound contradictory, let's <laughs> think about ourselves. Let's, let's get selfish for a moment. And so we want to give you actionable things. And the first actionable thing that we can really give you in today's show is you've got to be willing to accept responsibility for everything. That doesn't mean that you're to blame for everything. There's a difference between blame and responsibility. Number one, I would argue blame who cares responsibility. We all care. Um, accepting responsibility for it all means that now what? Whatever your situation, whatever your circumstance is right now, I don't care who's at fault, but you're dealing with whatever you're dealing with right now. And everybody's got something that they're dealing with right now. That's maybe right. maybe you contributed to it. Maybe you didn't <laughs> contribute to it at all. Who cares? But can you find a way to accept responsibility for what's next? For now, what are you going to do with it? I've made the analogy for years and I had to come up with something because when, when I morphed, when I stepped away f from running companies, uh, which is all I had done since I was in my mid twenties until I was over 50, uh, it's all I knew. It's just all I knew building, building businesses and organizations is just all I knew. And I immediately started doing some consulting kind of stuff, hated it because consulting was doing it for people. Okay. And then you get in your car, you leave and you know, you're really not part of the team. And that, that just felt just didn't feel good to me. Stumble bummed into coaching, which felt terrific and right because I realized this is really what I've done my whole career. Yeah. You make an impact. Yeah. And right? this is, and this is what I love. So naturally people, well, what do you do? You know, and you tell people you coach and they're, you know, they think sports or whatever. So I had to come up with some explanation. And I finally, I, this was my, this is what I crafted right, wrong, or indifferent. I help people paint themselves into a corner where there's no more excuses in the room and where the only way out of the corner is forward back against the wall in the corner is metaphorical for I got nowhere to go except forward. I've right. got to find a way forward. I got to figure out a way forward in between is the mirror. I want to help people paint themselves into a corner, hold up a mirror, look at themselves and figure out what am I going to do? It doesn't matter what my boss does. It doesn't matter what my boss is, but what am I going to do? Mirror, mirror on the yeah, wall. <laughs> I got to accept responsibility for this to which most people they don't listen closely enough and they go, Oh, so you paint people in a corner. No, I don't paint people in a corner. <laughs> we paint ourselves into a corner. That's right. 
but I'm using that metaphor because I hope that it helps paint a picture of what Lisa has to do. I have to, we all have to do this. If we're going to grow our leadership and have any chance of growing the leadership capacity of other people, it's got to begin with us. That's so in right. that regard, we do have to be a little bit self-focused. The, the we begins with me. I did an episode, you know, in our walk the talk on that. The we begins with me. Yeah. You, you have Tell people to, what walk the talk is, by the way. Uh, walk the talk's a, a leadership series. We do like quick hit topics and they're out on YouTube and we're adding to them uh, monthly. This but is an internal a, project that you Internal do. project. We wanted, we're a big city. Well, I say big, not as big as a Houston or Chicago, but we've got about 1700 employees and a 200,000 population. And we had to find a way because there's, we don't have an organizational trainer. I, I'm the one that does the training on my staff and we can't possibly reach them all because we have fire and police dispatchers that work deep nights. Uh, we have crews that work 24 seven around the clock. You know, we have all these different unique shifts in city government and we couldn't reach them. So basically walk the talk. We did a video series that we record on quick hit topics, uh, trust, leadership, you know, different topics that, that they, the leaders can watch with a small group or individually. And then it poses, it's a, it's a quick video, quick introduction by myself or somebody else. Um, and then questions are posed usually two that you ponder on and talk about with your group of how, what are you recognizing yourself that needs change based on the topic we just covered? And what are you going to do to change that when you get back, when you leave this session, how are you going to implement change to make a difference and apply it? And that's really what it's all about. What we call so it. So these are, talk. these are all, so anybody, we can access these. If that's we want to go watch YouTube. these. All right. Go to our website, growgreat.com. Go to the show notes for this episode. And we will put links to this for those of you that are like, well, I'd like to see what that project is like. Because and these every, are simple, not produ professionally produced. We just did things that we could obviously do quick hits. So just know that going into it. <laughs> well, but they're, I mean. Don't say yourself short. I mean, they're that that we have a producer. Yeah, they're re they're reason they're reasonable they're reasonably slick. Sure, you know, I course. mean, they're not. You know, it doesn't look like you're doing this in you know your mom's basement or no, anything. no, mean, no. They're you know, so the production. It's not like a it's not like a TV show produced, right? It, but it's they they do a really great job of putting it all together. Our production uh, production guy does a really amazing job uh, to help us with these. But it's yes. a tool. It's a tool to help help leaders lead and help leaders develop leaders. I mean, that's kind of without the, me having to do it and try to touch everybody. Correct. You know, correct. It's really intended to have a moderator that correct. can lead it without any preparation. I didn't mean to sidetrack you, but I no, wanted to make sure fine. that the audience understood when you said walk the talk. They're like, sure. You know what what you're what you're thinking of. Okay, so this this self responsibility this painting ourselves into a corner where we've got no more excuses and accepting responsibility for all of it, right. whatever it is. I don't know. What, what are you, what thoughts leap to your mind? Well, I think it's important that as, as I've helped leaders, uh, evaluate this, it, it does often the conversations and you guys have probably all had them out there. They cut in my world, I'm in HR. So we service a lot of different industries. We've talked about that. We, we service police, fire, we service crews uh, that are in the streets. We service office staff and I serve the executive team. 
And a lot of times they will come to me as an example and they'll say, we have this employee, they are horrible, we need to fire them, right? And it's a problem, but you can tell genuinely that they have a problem with an employee and will ask questions. And they're like, this, per- this person's been a problem for a while. They, you know, they just, they're doing things to, for the, for the city that's not good and we'll investigate and there's no documentation or it's minimal. We found one, you know, one verbal from 15 years ago. Um, and so the challenge becomes as we question them, tell us, tell me more about what they're, tell me more about what you're seeing. And then we'll ask questions. Again, we talk about curiosity. I'll say, okay. Have you told them? No, I mean, everybody should know. Everybody should know you're supposed to be here at eight every day. They get here at eight, 10. Have you told, is it important to be there before eight? Yes, everybody knows that. When does the the whole group know that? You know, when did you tell them? And it's often assumed that they should know. But so many people, I found this with our teenagers. Randy, you may have experienced the same thing. When you get into a work environment, you just can't wear earbuds at the front counter and look down and not acknowledge a customer standing there, you know, I mean, but sometimes you just have to tell them, they just don't know. They haven't been taught what we think is a common business practice. So when you talk about painting them into the corner, sometimes you have to acknowledge yourself. Have you done your part to make sure they know? Because my position is nobody can fix what they do not know about, at least give an opportunity to fix. And I apply that to us as leaders as well. We need to see ourselves and maybe ask the question of our team. I do, we do a lot of surveys here in Grand Prairie. I did one myself on my team uh, to say, you know, what do you see we need to change? I call it the magic wand question. If you could wave a magic wand, what's the one thing that we need to change that is driving you nuts that we have the power to, you know, don't say we need to, we need to have a new $40 million building tomorrow. Oh, we can't do that. But What's thing in, something in our control that we can change? And when, when we ask those questions, I always tell them when they ask me to do a survey, are you ready to hear the answers? And the answer is always what? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're ready. And then when they get them, and, the, and, the, and I always yeah, tell well, them. We weren't ready for that answer. Yeah, <laughs> we weren't ready for that one. You know, it's uh, leaders don't listen to us. Uh, we keep, they keep asking for our input, nothing changes, um, you know, and, and some of that you get disgruntled employees. I get it. But if it's, I always say, I'm not worried about the one-off. If you have somebody that's upset, you can usually tell that in a survey, right. but if, if it's an 80% mark or a 60% mark, you got a problem, right? And so then it's addressing, are you listening to your people and not discounting them? So some of those things are Randy, just examples that come to my head in the role I play in our organization about as leaders, I try to help them not blame them. It's because that doesn't help anybody, but really try to explore what have you done to try to explore change? What have you seen? And it's often they just, they think they know the right answer genuinely. And I believe that they think they know the right answer, but sometimes the answer is just a little bit different path to get there for people to be heard and valued. Like you said, to know where they fit is critical. I, I always tell people, you know, people leave managers. They don't leave employers. They leave the managers. And if you're That's a great right. manager, occasionally you'll have people that just move or something else. But, I, you know, I, I'm a 40-mile commute each way. It's a long commute. I love this city. And I'm willing to make that commute day in and day out and come in on the weekends and volunteer because I love the city that I serve. And I think that's where we as leaders 
need to make sure we are establishing that kind of culture that makes you want to be here every day to help. But again, the responsibility, if you go back to your, your example, your real world example of discipline and somebody who we're just, we're done, they need, they need to go. And now you start probing and you start asking that boss, we'll call them. You start asking them pointed questions of, of what they've done. It speaks directly to the topic today of that's right forget who's to blame we yeah, are you willing to accept, are you willing to accept responsibility that you're sitting here with me now wanting to fire this person and let's talk about what you've done up to this point or maybe what you have neglected to do up to this point so what's the what's the real challenge what's the real in your experience what's the real hurdle there so that this this supervisor sitting in front of you What's their resistance to accept responsibility for that? I, I would tell you 80% of the time, it's it's crucial conversations. They just don't want to have them because people, they often in any of our worlds, I'm sure it was yours, even in private sector as a CEO, communication, when I do an organizational review, typically communication is the number one challenge. Communication to the troops on information about in our case, the city government, what's happening in our world, what's how to benefit us, communication down on policy changes, communication between the people. Is right? it inability to communicate or is it willingness to communicate or both? I think it's a lack of knowledge how to do that well. I think they communicate some things, but a lot of it is assumed. We assume people should know. And uh, I think what, what we, well, so what's the hurdle to just going ahead and expressing it anyway? What are they afraid of? I, I, you know, my, I always go back to, they just avoidance, <laughs> avoidance is easier. Yeah. It's if I just avoid it, it will likely, I'm sure it will fix itself. I'm sure, but it, unfortunately it gets to a, it gets to a boiling point and they do it one too many times. They come in like one too many times where the impact was bigger. And now there's an irritation and a rub, you know, yeah. I, it's yeah. the number one thing is avoidance. If we can just avoid it and it will get better and it doesn't, it and never does. That's right. And now we end up having to have the worst conversation at all of all. That's right. a really well, bad conversation. The, you know, the parting company kind of conversation, which. Well, and it's difficult for enjoyed. both of us. You know, we try to, again, we, well, like you said, we don't take a blame game in HR. Our our goal is to service the department. Right. I always tell them walk when you come in my office and we close this door. You don't need to. You don't need to fluff it. I don't need a sugarcoating story. Just tell me what you're trying to do and tell me what the problem is, and I'm going to ask you what you've done, and then we assess risk. Okay. If we do this, what is the outcome of that going to be, and what are the risks, and are we willing to take them or not? And then I look at both. Are we doing what's right? That's our number two question. Is it right by the employee? If you were in their shoes, would it have been the right thing to do? Mm-hmm. And usually when you start asking those questions rather than telling them, I don't like, unless I have to tell them, I usually right. do that one-on-one, uh, you know, dude. Yeah. Or, or right. dude is unisex <laughs> right. in my book. Dude, right. I'm like, seriously, you know, but I do that off. I don't do it in public setting. But right. um, when we coach and counsel like that, we try to find the solution. And, and often it's me coaching them. Like we talked about serving, serving them as a peer. It, it could be serving up. If, if 
Cheryl asked my opinion on something, I'm going to give it to her in a manner that here's what I'm thinking and why I'm not sure that's what we want to do. And here's Cheryl's who Lisa reports to. She's my my leader. uh, Well, but the boss, but the, but the boss or supervisor who won't accept responsibility. What do you do with that? I'll go ahead and answer on my part. Nothing. There's, I mean, you can't do anything with that. If we aren't willing to accept responsibility as a leader, now what? Now here's my, here's my situation. Could have communicated, should have communicated. This employee's continually is habitually tardy. You know, that corner that I talked about at the beginning represents your present reality, right? It is what it is. That's right. I mean, we can sit here and we can argue till the cows come home why you're in this spot, but here you are. Yeah. And well, here's, and here's the two things that happen exactly to your point. There's two types of leaders that I've faced in this, in this kind of scenario. The first one does not accept that they are responsible. It is always the employee's fault. That is very hard to change. The second one is you're right. I didn't. I, I probably needed to coach better. I probably should have documented better. What are the next steps we need to take? And then the next time they come to me, I see them going, okay. They used to come in and go, Lisa, you're going to be so proud of me. <laughs> right. I actually have four letters that we have done, you know, right. and we use your templates. Right. Imagine that we use the HR's templates. So, you know, those are the typically the two kinds. It's very hard to change somebody that is unwilling to change to make them and their department better because people will continue to turn over and it's frustrating and you don't want to be a city that is known for just absolutely intolerance for anything in this city, which I love, we allow mistakes and and it's communicated from the very top. We expect mistakes. Our pace is so fast. We expect you're going to make a mistake, but bring the solution and the resolution to us, what you think we should do and don't repeat them. If you're repeating mistakes, that's on you. Yeah. Right. But don't be afraid to take a risk because sometimes we're going to fall and sometimes we're going to shine. It just, and you're going to rise up. Right. right? So, um, that's really, we want people, like you said, if you're backed into a corner, I want to see that they are going forward and not just staying there and looking in the mirror and staying frustrated in the corner. That's not helping anybody, not them, not their team, not their leadership not the people, not the community. I mean, it's this huge, just think what we can accomplish if we become better leaders, all of us collaboratively and collectively. Well, a dozen years or more of exclusively doing leadership and executive coaching preceded by a few decades of leading and building organizations. And it strictly is my experience. It's my insight. It's whatever wisdom I've got to add. I'm not saying that it's empirically truth, but it is, it is my truth is as long as we've got an excuse, we'll take it, which is why I think the growth is so important for those of you that are watching and listening to us. If you take your leadership seriously and otherwise, I don't know why you would click play on a podcast like this, but I appreciate you, but for you to grow and for you to improve and Lisa and I are continuing that journey ourselves. Mm-hmm. It will continue until we leave the planet. It's just how life is, uh, to embrace, to embrace that as fully as you possibly can 
and to not give yourself any more excuses. You may not have somebody like Lisa or somebody like me. Well, you've got us in your life now, now through yeah. the podcast. So, you know, let us help you in just take all the excuses away because they've never, ever served you. And not only that, it's important, Randy. This brings up the valid point you and I have talked so long about safety. This is a safe space. So when you talk to us, you need to be ready to hear what we're going to, if you're going to ask us a question, we're going to, we are going to give you an answer, but it's going to be in service to you. It's not going to be, oh my God, you idiot. You know, it's not going to be that we are truly going to be serving you. So it's safe. And you guys as leaders, you've got to have a safe place for your employees to come. If they cannot voice something and you're going to listen to them and instead you're going to critique or criticize them or get frustrated that they came to you in the first place. Um, and let's define safety. You know, we, we define safety as we're not going to, it's not going to be used against you. So if you're part of Lisa's team in the HR department of the city of Grand Prairie, Texas, her team knows they can come to her, they can close the door and she's not going to use, she's not going to use the information against them. I mean, that's what, that's what the unsafe people in our lives do. Right. We don't want them knowing anything because if they know it, they'll beat us over the head with it. You know, that's not, that's not safe. So when she refers to safety, you know, that's the meaning, but we've got to find a way to paint ourselves into that corner where there's no more excuses. That's right. We got no, we can't back up anymore. We've now got to find a way forward. Let me be the voice of encouragement because we all need it and we all crave it there is a way forward. There is. You've, you've just got, you've got to, to see your, it. <laughs> yeah, you've got to devote yourself to the quest to figure it out. You can figure it out. As long as there's an excuse to be had, you won't. As long as there's someone to blame, as long as you can be the victim of the idiocy of your employees or anybody else, the idiocy of your boss, as long as you lean on that, you won't figure it out. That's right. And that's the problem. And that's why the power in the mirror of looking in the mirror is so important to know that you are in command of your own life. You know, I don't, I don't believe in fate in the sense that a lot of people use that, you know, our fate is in our own hands. It's in the choices and the decisions that we make and we can see things. We can see things wrong. We can sometimes see things cloudy. And we need, we need clarity. We all need clarity. Uh, you're going to hear us talk about understanding at some point, one of the leadership recipe ingredients and understanding is, can I see it? Can I see it right in real time? Which is right. how I define wisdom. We can all look back in 2020 hindsight and go, well, man, I should have done this, should have done that. Well, Everybody can do that. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Yeah, but in the moment, in the moment, here's where you, this is yeah. where you're at. My back's against the wall. This is my present circumstance. Who cares how I got here? Now, what am I going to do? What am I going to do to get out of this situation and move forward? I need, I need to see as clearly as I possibly can so I can make the very, the very best decision. We just felt it was necessary to kind of bring some of this language, um, so that we're all kind of on the same page because some of the stuff that you and I talk about, Lisa, you and I both know 
it's not it's just not so common and i don't care all the leadership books and things that we read there are a lot of big shot smarty pants people that have written about stuff lisa and i are just real world practitioners that's right and we want to give you real world stuff that you can do something with but this is the this may be the one time that we tell you you've you got to get focused on yourself because it does start with you. Go ahead. And, you know, I was going to say, Randy, as you're thinking about this, as you're listening to this particular podcast, I would encourage you think of that issue. Think of, think of the problem that's in front of you today and think about how you're looking to solve it. And if you're in your head right now, you're saying, well, I, I need, well, I, we, you know, I've got to go do this. I, I need so-and-so to do this. I need the word being used is I. And I think the approach is pretty narrow. And you want to change that approach in my book to we. What do we need? Have you solicited input? Is it what you want? Therefore, you're serving whom? Yourself. And that focus is not on others, which is all what leadership is about. So really look at yourself as you think about that issue you're facing. It could be a culture issue. It could be a person issue. But if it's, I want them to do this, I want them to do that. How are you serving them? Right. Well, take that. Yeah. Take that issue of, of tardiness. So we got an employee and they just, they're just never here on time. And now I've had it to hear, and now I'm coming to you the director of HR, and I'm telling you, I need to get rid of this person. Okay, well, if I'm that leader, my back's against the wall, there, here's my circumstance. Now what am I going to do? Well, there's any number of things that you could do. And I'll give you an example. So let's take it one step further. I ask him, have you talked to the employee? This is a, this is a group that has to be there at 630 in the morning. Okay, 630 in the mm-hmm. morning is start time. No, we haven't talked to him. We have to be here at 630. The crews go out at 640. We haven't they're not, they're not getting here. They're getting here like at 645 every single day. I said, so let me, you want me to talk to them? They're like, no, we'll talk to them. <laughs> you know, you don't want HR director coming in. And I right. said, I mean, I'll, I'll, if you want me to talk to them, I'll, I'll ask what's going on. They're like, no, we'll ask. Single parent, daycare doesn't open. They're getting special privileges to get to daycare that, you know, that early in their area. I don't know anything about daycare. I didn't have my kids at daycare, Right. but right. there are opening hours. And guess what? If the person who opens the daycare is not there timely, are you going to leave? Your, yeah, you're stuck. Right. What can you do? And I said, guys, is there any way for this single parent to maybe change the hours? No, nope, everybody has to be here at 630. Are they a good worker? They're a good worker when they're here, <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. So I'm like, okay, so how can we solve for this? You've got a great worker. Do you want to go hire somebody and train them? No, we can't get people. Okay. So let's, so I keep asking questions and they're like, okay, maybe we can have them because they do go out and cruise. So I'm trying to understand the issue and I get it. I mean, three people go out on the crew. Yeah. If one of them's not there, the whole crew is stuck. Right. So then it's, how do we do that? How do we go about that? And so, um, so that's a, a real life example. When you get a little bit more of the facts, how do we solve for the issue? We're so focused on the leading versus managing output. They're late yeah. every day. Yeah. Well, and we're we assuming the human side of that. Yeah. And that we're there assuming, is. 
we're assuming that the behavior is just negligence or rebelliousness or unwillingness or whatever. And it's just a practical reality of this poor person's circumstance. That's right. And so that's just part of compassion and leadership and solving for an issue together, the trust issue. If you don't tell them that person was horrified, they were potentially going to get fired because they couldn't solve for it. They cannot. Could they go to another daycare? Potentially. Is that feasible? Probably not. If anybody, you know, my kids have been in my kids, kids have been in daycare. It's expensive and trying to find one without a wait list is nearly impossible. But boy, there's a great illustration of as a leader being able to do for them what they can't do for themselves. If, and I'm not saying that you, you know, I'm not, I don't, I don't know an answer, but there's, there's gotta be some way that you could solve a problem like that. So was there an outcome here? That you can well, share? The, the, what they did is they had different crews that could start at different times. They had. Yeah, that was their, where my head first went. A lot of this went back. This is not recent. This went back many moons yeah. ago. They also had dispatchers. And so I said, is it possible this crew just goes out leader? Maybe one crew works the work order system and closes out the tickets from the prior day, you yeah, know, until right. that crew, crew member can get there. Honestly, I leave it to solve for the department because it's an operational issue. Sure, right. They, right. I, I try not to tell them how to do their business, but I said, just think about the things and it ultimately worked itself out. You know, and, and we also, as you dig in, sometimes you find that other people were allowed to be late without retribution. Yeah, so well, then of it's course. Like, you know, so then it's like, uh, is it really because they're late? You know, <laughs> but, no. um, but it's, those are just things. It's just about not so much the blame, but the circumstance and, and, it's just the example of you've got to dig and be curious. You've got to look in the mirror like you're talking about. Is yeah, but it, until it, that leader, them. until until that leader accepts responsibility, again, I'm not assessing blame, but until they accept responsibility that, okay, I'm in charge of this department. It's up to me to do something here. Yeah. Now, the, que- be- now the question is, what am I going to do? Okay, right. well, that that's to be figured out. We're not here telling people, you know, what to do. But that getting yourself into that corner and sucking all the excuses out of the room so that you right. got nobody to blame. That's exactly right. But yeah. you are willing to accept responsibility. You know, people often ask me, you know, I'm, you just see the reluctance in people to accept responsibility. And you're like, what, what bad thing do you think is going to happen here? Because you <laughs> accept responsibility for it. And, I, and love- I, I don't get any good answer. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I love it when, when you would always, you know, I would be, I would be in my, in my place where I was at that moment. And I just remember the day when you're like, okay, let's go to worst case scenario. What if that, what's the next, what's the worst thing that could happen? And then I give you an answer and like, okay, that happens. Now what's the worst thing that could, and you just kept bleeding. And I was like, all right, Randy. And I, so I, I think I'm going to get, you know, I think I'm gonna get it fired or I'll have to quit. And you're like, that's the worst case. I'm like, well, no, that if I quit, I could have to lose my, you know, I'd lose my house. That's the worst case. Well, no, then I, don't, then I have to figure out where my dogs yeah. are going to go, you know, or whatever <laughs> right. it is. But it was like, you just went down the path and I see ultimately for me, I saw that's not going to happen. That's not no, going to happen. Of course I'm not, not. going to let it get there, no. but you made, you forced my hand to see through that I'm going in this ridiculous, just whirlwind in my head. And I needed to, okay. I'm in control of me. I'm in control of me. Yeah, but we all do it. We (laughs) all do it, right? I mean, we we can all sabotage ourselves at certain times in our life. Listen, everybody's, 
everybody may have the courage to ask the question, what's the worst thing that can happen? The problem is very few of us have the courage to answer it. And as you discovered, and by the way, you're not alone. Everybody, everybody, everybody discovers the same thing. Everybody very quickly reaches a point where they say, no, that ain't going to (laughs) happen. Of course not. But in your head, in your head, it's already happening, right? It's that, it's that working ourselves up. Yeah. Well, we, we, I don't know, again, Mark Twain or somebody said, you know, I mean, I've most of the bridges that, you know, that I thought I'd have to cross, you know, I never got to, you know, you just never get to that bridge that you think I may have to cross it. It, it, it never shows up, but to the point of responsibility, 100% of my clients have discovered accepting responsibility is so liberating because the minute I got nobody to blame and the minute I accept responsibility for the outcomes of my own life, and we all have to, well, welcome to adulthood. It's what we're trying to teach our (laughs) kids to be right. You know, let, let's, let's impact the change here. Let's influence growth. Let's influence our own growth. And, and if we don't, then that's on us, you know, that's That's on us. That's right. And all right, I'm going to give you the last word. Yeah. I was going to say, as you, as you all look at this, uh, if, if there's any lesson learned from this podcast or any, you know, takeaway, I definitely look at what is going on right now that you feel needs to be solved for. Or that your team, you've solicited input and your team needs to solve for and, and take a good look at yourself as a leader. And what are your, what are you contributing towards that? And what can you influence change instead of placing blame, instead of saying, I want this, or I want that. What does the, what collaboratively and collectively does the team need to get done to make it better and be in charge of that, right? That's my last, that's my parting thoughts. Well, listen, some people, they enter the room and they make the room better. Other people, they make the room better when they leave. <laughs> that's right? true. We, we want to be the person who, when we enter the room, we make the world better. That's right. That's the objective here. The website is growgreat.com. We appreciate you listening. Contact page, all kinds of stuff, all kinds of ways to reach us. Subscribe to the podcast. The best, best, best thing that you can do, you've already done. And you've given us your time and attention And we hope that you'll tell a friend. Thanks for watching and listening to Grow Great, a city government leadership podcast. For Lisa Norris, I'm Randy Cantrell. Be well, do good, grow great. The website is growgreat.com.